Hello, and welcome to the newest episode of Entertainment Rebooted. This week, Natalie, Logan, and Zion are going to be telling us about the new Black Panther movie. Matt is going to be informing us on the controversy surrounding Taylor Swift's tickets. And I will be starting us off talking about the Grammy nominations. Recently, the nominations for the Grammys were announced. So today, we're going to go through talk about some nominations, and then I'm going to give you my predictions for who will take the award home. As expected, the song category is jam-packed. From Kendrick Lamar to Taylor Swift, the competition is tight, but I can fairly confidently predict that A, B, C, D, E, F, you will not take this award home. I think this award will come down to Taylor Swift's All Too Well, Harry Styles' As It Was, or Beyonce's Break My Soul. But I would love to see Bad Habits by Steve Lacey or The Heart Part 5 by Kendrick Lamar win this award. For the next category, New Artist, my prediction is either Maniskin or Anita. But this is another jam-packed category, so it's hard to say. Next, there are five albums up for nomination for Best Rap Album. DJ Khaled's God Did, Future's I Never Liked You, Pusha T's It's Almost Dry, Jack Harlow's Come Home, The Kids Miss You, and Kendrick Lamar's Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. I would very much like for Kendrick Lamar to take this award home, but it is not the first time that he's been overlooked. All I'll say is Jack Harlow better not win over Kendrick for this category. There are another five nominees for the category music video. I'm just going to go ahead and name the first person credited for each music video, which is Doja Cat's Woman, Harry Styles' As It Was, Taylor Swift's All Too Well, the short film, Adele's Easy On Me, BTS's Yet To Come, and Kendrick Lamar's The Heart Part 5. I think Taylor Swift's All Too Well, the short film, is going to end up taking this award. I think that Kendrick Lamar and BTS both could have a shot but I think Taylor Swift even included that this was a short film, and I think that might just take it up to the next level for this category. There are another five songs nominated for melodic rap performance. I'm not sure exactly who's going to win this one, but I will say I don't want Jack Harlow to win for First Class. I think, I think he could do better than First Class. I think he needs to show up a little more to get this award, but we'll see. We'll find out what happens. I think there could be some real competition between the five songs nominated for Rap Song. The two that really stick out to me right now are Push and P and The Heart Part 5. Push and P earlier this year was played all the time. There was always a lot of hype around it. But everything Kendrick Lamar puts out has been very good. He's usually pretty successful. So I think I could see this going to either of those songs. The next five songs we're going to be talking about are in the pop duo slash group performance category. The first one, I Like You, A Happier Song by Doja Cat and Post Malone. Then My Universe by BTS and Coldplay. Unholy by Sam Smith and Kim Petras. Don't Shut Me Down by ABBA and Bam Bam by Ed Sheeran and Camilla Cabello. I could absolutely see this award going to my universe, but I, I could also see it going to Doja Cat and Post Malone for I Like You, or even Sam Smith and Kim Petras for Unholy, but I think I'm sticking with my universe by BTS and Coldplay for this award. I am not super familiar with the nominations for Country Song, 
But I have a feeling that I Bet You Think About Me, Taylor's version by Taylor Swift is going to end up taking this category. Taylor Swift just has a tendency to sweep all the award shows she's in. So for my prediction, I'm going with I Bet You Think About Me by Taylor Swift. Next, for the category of rap performance, we're actually seeing some songs that we've already seen in some previous categories. And the two that stuck out to me with rap songs are also sticking out to me with rap performance. That is Pushin' P and The Heart Part 5. I'm hoping that Pushing P wins rap performance and The Heart Part 5 wins rap song. And so that is my prediction for the rap performance category. I just would like one to win one category and the other to win the other. With only five albums nominated for pop vocal album, it still is such a close race here. There is 30 by Adele, Voyage by ABBA, Music of the Spheres by Coldplay, Special by Lizzo, and Harry's House by Harry Styles. I love Lizzo, but I'm worried that she's not going to win this one. And I, I don't know what to say about that. I think Voyage by ABBA would be a really funny, great win to have. But Adele has a tendency to win these kind of awards, especially vocal awards. And everyone loves Harry Styles. But I'm, I'm going to go ahead and guess 30 by Adele is going to win for pop vocal album. This year has had a lot of great songs written for visual media, but for this category, song written for visual media, I have to give it to We Don't Talk About Bruno. I can't imagine it going anywhere else. Everybody was talking about Bruno, about not talking about Bruno, and I think, I think this song has it. For pop solo performance, we're seeing a lot more of the same names, Doja Cat, Harry Styles, Lizzo, but for this one, I would really like to see Bad Habit by Steve Lacey win. So my prediction, Bad Habit. The last nomination category I'm going over today is Compilation Soundtrack for Visual Media, which has five nominees. West Side Story, Stranger Things Season 4, Elvis, Top Gun Maverick, and Encanto. I could see this award going to any of these categories. I would love to see it go to Encanto, but I think it's going to end up going to Stranger Things Season 4. Almost every song on that soundtrack ended up hitting some kind of Billboard chart, Billboard record every time they were played, and most of those songs were pretty old and have been out for a while, so my prediction there, Stranger Things. Thank you for listening to my predictions. If you have any predictions of your own that you would like to share, tweet at WZIP to let us know what you think about the 2023 Grammys. Now, Matt is going to be talking a little bit about someone I mentioned a few times earlier, Taylor Swift, and the controversy around getting her tickets. What's going on, everybody? My name is Matt Permuka, and if you're hearing my voice, you know that means it's time to talk T-Swift. I have been on three installments of this show. Two of them have been about this girl herself, good old Tay-Tay. So let's get right into it. In case you've been living under a rock, Taylor Swift has caught quite some controversy. Her heiress tour was, uh, was scheduled to release tickets this past week. And, well, let's just say it's probably been one of the most chaotic events I've ever seen in my life. Now, for those that don't know... Ticketmaster and was able to give out a select amount of pre-sale codes 
to fellow Swifties who were trying to, you know, get T-Swift tickets before general admission dropped. So it is Tuesday, November 15th. Picture me, just good old Matt Permuka. I get my pre-sale code. I go to Ticketmaster, and I type in my code. And it says, you've been accepted into the, uh, into the queue. And then Ticketmaster just decides it doesn't want to work. There was, uh, you know, in, in, if you see on Twitter, there is this screenshot where it's just, there are 2,000 plus people in front of you, and your line just did not move, and did not move, and did not move at all. And now, what caused this fiasco was Ticketmaster made a grave mistake. They gave out enough pre-sale codes for several hundred thousand people, and they were expecting several hundred thousand people in terms of website traffic. However, they got over 14 million visits to their website at the time of the pre-sale launch, and subsequently, it crashed. And now, Twitter that day was having a frenzy, probably some of the greatest memes I've ever seen on that app. But, you know, for me, it was quite stressful. I skipped classes because I thought, I have to act on this now, right now. And then right now turned into, okay, maybe in 10 minutes it'll go back on. Then that turned into maybe 30 minutes it'll go back. Okay, maybe an hour, two hours. And then finally, after five hours, I got the rarest opportunity, apparently, to enter the actual window in which I could buy tickets. Now, the fun thing about this, just picture it like a Hunger Games. You and about 10 other people are thrown into the queue at once. And each of you get to pick. You have five, six minutes to get your tickets. I go for the cheapest ones I can find. I, was un I, was, I had them in my cart, and they were bought, out of, bought from under me four separate times. Four separate times. So now I see I have 90 seconds left. And I'm just like, okay, running out of time in this Taylor Swift queue that has taken me five and a half hours to get to. And so what? I do it. I bite the bullet. And then uh, I got the tickets. I did not think they were real. And now if you, if you saw any of the backlash, Ticketmaster, it, it just up and crashed. Not many people were lucky enough, as I was, to even get into the queue. Uh, from a tweet from uh, Taylor Nations on Twitter, only 2% of people that entered the Ticketmaster queue got tickets. So now I feel like I'm better than like 98% of all the Swifties out there, so <laughs> look at me. But yeah, it was chaotic as all could be. I now have two Taylor Swift tickets, and now I bought them for face value before, right after fees. They were just over 130 per ticket for the Pittsburgh show. Currently, my section rose behind me the last few rows are reselling for over $850 and now I'm kicking myself for not buying more than two because not only could I have been one of the most rare individuals in America I also probably could have made close to a thousand dollars off that too but I got my tickets that's all that matters I'm gonna go be seeing T-Swift in Pittsburgh this June. I'm so looking forward to it. And yet this was, this was the, I, I should probably preface this. This was my 
this was my birthday slash Christmas gift to my younger sister. Her birthday is at the end of November. Hopefully, this is airing after her birthday. So I this doesn't this isn't how she finds out she's going to the Eras Tour because that would that would really be uh, that would be really unfortunate. But yeah, so that was a uh, my sister has absolutely no idea this is coming. So. She herself and all of her friends, they stopped their high school AP Spanish class. Their teacher let them stop. All four of her best friends entered queues for the nearest shows. They went to St. Paul's, Minnesota, Detroit, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh, and none of them got in. Now, my, um, when my sister told uh, my mom and I this, my mom asked her, where's this money coming from? Because, you know, she is 16 and works as a waitress. Uh, and my sister told her straight to her face, she said, I was going to put this on your credit card and ask for forgiveness later. And that was probably the most proud of my sister I've ever been. And so, you know, when her birthday rolls around Monday, November 28th, and I get to transfer those to her Apple wallet, it will all have been worth it. I will get to feel like the greatest brother and the greatest Swifty and the man that evaded Ticketmaster itself. I cannot wait. Now, to all my Swifties that were not able to get tickets, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. And I know you probably don't have $800 to spend on a nosebleed. And you know what? I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how to console you. I, I don't know how. I just need to say I'm sorry. Just know you're validated. You don't need a concert ticket to prove your fandom. I hope... All of you, I get. I hope all of you get tickets for the next set of tours. But yeah, I'm I'm sitting pretty, so I'm I'm really looking forward to all this. Well, thank you, Matt, for telling us all about your experience. I am so happy for you that you ended up getting those tickets. But now I think we're gonna switch over to our Black Panther segment for this episode with our host, Logan Buchanan. Welcome back. I am your host today, Logan Buchanan, and we have a wonderful show today. I have my amazing co-host, Zion. How are you doing, Zion? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. It's our first time sharing a podcast. I I'm know. so excited. I'm excited. And a face, a name, actually, you've heard before, Natalie Savage, the always wonderful. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing wonderful. Are you guys ready to talk about Wakanda forever? Oh, you know I am. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, well, ready for it. before we get into our review, of course, I want to set this episode of Entertainment Rebooted in memoriam of the late, great Chadwick Boseman. Of course, his passing away had to move the mantle on to Shuri. But let's get right into this. Guys, how did you feel about Wakanda forever? I'm going to pass it over to you, Zion, first. What were your opinions? I actually really, really loved it. I know, like, it was getting mixed reviews, and I was just like, "What are, what are, what is wrong with y'all? Who, who's mixed reviewing this?" So when I had literally looked it up, it says it has a seven point four out of ten. That's insane. And then on Rotten Tomatoes, it's eighty one percent. What? I mean, eighty one percent. Okay, that's still a B, but that's a B minus. But but isn't like the first one super high rated? Yes, it is. Oh well, oh, if you're trying to compare it to the first one, all right, I feel like it was never going to be as top notch as the mm. first one, but it's still going to be really, really good, just like the first one. Yeah. So I think they could have let it be a little bit more lenient with it. But I will say, I love the storylines that all the characters had. Mm. We got a little bit more depth of some new characters, which I really, really did enjoy. So I will say, that movie is probably a ten out of ten for me. That's one of my top three. 
Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness will always be first. Scarlet Witch. The Queen. Will always come first before anybody. <laughs> so I'll probably rank it number two with me right now so far. Wow, number two of yep. all? Yep. That's insane. Natalie, I need your opinion on it now. How do you feel about Wakanda Forever? I liked it a lot. Shuri is my favorite. I've mm. always loved Shuri. Um, Okoye, Nakia, and the rest of the gang were amazing as well. Um, if you've seen my Rings of Power segments, you know I love Middle Earth franchise, so it shouldn't be surprising how much I love Martin Freeman and basically everything. I just get a warm, fuzzy feeling whenever I see him. That's like, he can just stand there drinking coffee, and I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there for it. Yes. Um, Angela Bassett, Angela Bassetted. You know, yeah, that's she, all you really need Angela to Bassett. say. Yeah. For sure. I that's think that's all you need to say. Put yeah. that in the dictionary. <laughs> yeah. I need that. Angela Bassett. Yeah. What does that mean? She Angela Bassett it. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> that's the what definition. It means. That's in the Webster. That's literally what it means. <laughs> um, I liked the the new antagonist, Namor. Mm-hmm. I liked the actor that played him as yes. well. Um, his kingdom was beautiful. The acting was great. I especially liked Letitia Wright's acting. She just nailed it. Like, Shuri went through all five gr- stages of grief, and she just nailed every single one of them. Every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got to say, I think the the story was perfect mm-hmm. coming out of uh, both Chadwick Boseman's death and T'Challa's death, mm-hmm. giving new light, but also not ignoring the grief yes. that sits there. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, this is spoiler-free. We're not going to spoil this of that just came out but the the impact that mm-hmm. so many of those moments throughout the movie had had me on the verge of tears i mean you, but then it goes from that into the most hilarious moments with mbaku oh my god he said mbaku <laughs> when loved him he said uh i think we just because we live in the mountains doesn't mean we don't have books yes and then he called Okoye a bald-headed demon. demon. <laughs> yeah. It just, it, ma- it made sense for the comedy mm-hmm. part of it. Because the MCU, is, it's, a, it's a more childish kind of medium, yeah. but it's dealing with grief and the impacts that one will go through. Mm-hmm. Not only because it's a family member, but, I mean, anyone mm-hmm. who passes away. Uh, what, was, what was your guys' probably, like, favorite moment without spoiling anything? I would probably have to say my favorite moment is this isn't really spoiling anything because we already seen her through the trailers, mm-hmm. but getting introduced with Ironheart. Oh, I was hoping someone bring her up. I love Ironheart and just the fact that how she got introduced was hilarious. Mm-hmm. I've read about her in the comics and stuff like that. Like so, it's a little bit different, but of course MCU is always gonna be different from the main comics, which I'm perfectly fine with. But the way she had got introduced was hilarious. I think that they need to like introduce introduce more characters like that mm-hmm. with a little bit of comedy mixed in with it because mm-hmm. I feel like that brings them into a little bit of lighthearted lightheartedness before everything gets a little bit more serious. Yeah, before you get into your favorite moment, Natalie, how did you feel about Ironheart? Um, I didn't really know that much about her going into it. I haven't. I'm not really a comics person. I'm a comics book movie mm. person. Mm-hmm. I've like watched a bunch of those. And but we I accept all comers. Yeah, we accept course. all yeah. comers. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't really read the comics. So I was like, I had no idea who this person was except for, you know, leading up to the movie, obviously people were talking about her a bit. I, I thought she was fine. She mm-hmm. didn't, like, blow me away. Mm-hmm. But she was fine. I had no problems with Riri. I thought she was – she made sense to be there. I thought all of that was fine. Um, I will say going back to the 
um, the MCU formula and the mixed reviews. I did really like this movie. Mm-hmm. I will say maybe I think the re- what the reviews are coming from of why it's not people's top ten is for me like the grief stuff, the human story. That was the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was where the movie really shined. Mm-hmm. I think. I think also though people might have been going in thinking it's like, oh, it's gotta be these like these big action set pieces. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be the yeah. superhero of course. kind of thing, which is like. It's not that. Mm-hmm. It's not it's like, that. It has some of that in it. It has some of the humor in it that the MCU has. But it is, I think, a lot more serious mm-hmm. than a lot of the other um, MCU movies for obvious reasons. Absolutely. Of course. And I think that it is the, – the part that really resonates is the story about overcoming grief and mm, learning yes. to move on from grief. I think that was the strongest part of the film. And if you come for that, you're probably going to like it. If you're expecting a Marvel action-fueled superhero story, it's not really going to be that. Um, I think the movie is relatively light on action, not meaning that it's boring, but Mm. that most of the drama comes from the characters grieving. Um, The political turmoil, obviously, um, it's not a spoiler, T'Challa died in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the Wakanda has to deal with the political outfall of that. I also think that I, I'm sorry to cut you off real quick, but the way they didn't fully go into how T'Challa died yeah. was very, very well done. Very well done. Very well done. It was very tasteful mm-hmm. to not disrespect a the character or Chadwick Boseman. Oh. Yeah. Definitely. That that actually was going to go into one of the next comments that I was going to say. So um, I heard that you know people online are going to be people online. Mm. I've heard criticism that. Um, the way he died was not really cool. It was lame. It was disrespectful to Chadwick. I, I don't think that that is the case at all. I think they were trying to tell a human story about grief, and humans don't usually go out in super flashy ways saving the world. Mm-mm. Sometimes they just go, and that isn't lame. It isn't disrespectful to a character to have them be human enough to die the way that he does, which I'm not – obviously they don't go into it, but I'm not going to – try and describe it any more than that either um i think what they end up doing without going into spoilers is honestly the most respectful compromise they could find for the because while i'm not exactly against recasting t'challa like i think that what they did was a pretty good compromise so Mm -hmm. we can continue to explore um t'challa's storyline we can Mm -hmm. continue to explore the comics versions of him and stuff like that but we don't have to um, recast Chadwick mm-hmm. to do that, and I think they did it perfectly. Very yeah. perfectly. Like, we were watching it, and I was like, "Oh, like I didn't even think of that. That's mm-hmm. clever." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta say, one of my favorite parts would be a huge spoiler, so I can't say it. <laughs> but second to that, and it's something you guys haven't mentioned, was Shuri goes to Talokan, which is Namor's home. It's like, it's like Atlantis. But yeah. they don't call it Atlantis. It's a course. Mayan version of Atlantis. And it yes. is gorgeous. The Beautiful. music, the, the visuals. Music. Oh, I mean, I had chills up and down my spine. That was one of my favorite moments of it that movie. It was really pretty. And, and it's something that uh, the MCU has struggled at at some points mm-hmm. of show, don't tell. They weren't explaining everything about Talokan. You saw it. You saw how the community works. Yep. And that's so beautiful. It's so 
and I think we're going to keep using this word, this movie was so human. Mm-hmm. It was so human. And, you know, critics just, critics are going to critic. They just don't yeah. like yeah. it. They're going to nitpick. But when they dove down in the full, I think he said he brought the light of the sun down with them. Yeah. And it was gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful. Um, outstanding. I mean, what did you guys think of Talokan? I loved every minute of it. Mm-hmm. Just to see, of course, you have like these images of like what they are going to show you, but they always updo it. Mm-hmm. And I loved every minute and moment of it. It kind of just made me think of when Thor first came out and yes. how they were showing off Asgard. It was beautiful. And I feel they never, like, they never ever do terrible with, like, showing, like, the homes and the lifestyles of the people there. Mm-hmm. Like, with, uh, of course, with Thor and Asgard, and now with uh, Namor and Talokan. Mm-hmm. Loved it. It's just beautiful. It is gorgeous. Natalie, what did yeah, you think? That was actually one of the, um, the more visual things that I took from that movie, mm-hmm. like, I don't really have like necessarily one favorite moment, mm-hmm. but if the question would be favorite image, it would definitely be that. Absolutely. I really enjoyed um, seeing Telecon. It was just so different mm-hmm. than from everything that we've seen so far, um, not just in the MCU, but for like a lot of different things in general. Absolutely. I thought the concept of it was great, and I would have honestly liked to see more of it. Most yes, definitely. absolutely. And I also, speaking of Talokan, I want to bring up Namor. Because he's such an, he's one of the oldest Marvel superheroes through the comics. Yes. But he's probably one of the least known. Most definitely. And the way they went about him, because I, as a kid, I would watch the old Marvel cartoons Mm -hmm. on like Disney or whatever. And the guy like flying through the air with his wings on his uh, feet. I was like, that's silly. That's kind of weird. It is very. But it works. It It, makes it it works. Like. There's so many parts of the MCU that I'm like, oh, that's silly. But it's okay. It's silly. But this one, I'm like, yeah, he has wings out of his mm-hmm. feet. That that makes sense. Yep. And it, I think it also makes sen- more sense with the, um, like, not saying that it didn't make sense before. Because I think originally, I've, I've done some research. Mm-hmm. And I think originally Namor was supposed to be Roman spelled backwards. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he was supposed to be like more like a Roman kind of inspired character. Mm-hmm. And obviously they changed that for this movie. He's now Mayan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, Namor now comes from, it's, it's in the movie, but there, there is a reason that he's called Namor. So mm-hmm. watch the movie and you'll you'll get it very easily. <laughs> Mbaku very spells it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, he does. Like, I mean, I got it like a couple seconds because I've taken some Spanish, but you know, it's like he does spell it out. So you you will not miss it. Will yeah, not. and um, the another fact that I saw actually on Instagram today. Don't get all your facts from Instagram, but it is kind of cool. <laughs> um, this year has had a lot of Latino representation with Namor, um, America Chavez from, as you mentioned earlier, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, uh, Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight, yes. and. Uh, one of the newest kind of under the radar was uh, the werewolf by night. The main character was also Latino. Werewolf by night. Ted, go watch it. But we're not talking about that right now. <laughs> yeah. But yes, the main actor that did play werewolf by night, he was, I've never heard of him before. Mm-hmm. And he did a phenomenal job at it. Mm-hmm. So and the representation, not only because obviously with Black Panther, we're, we'll talk about that in the podcast so much representation just from them but also groups that 
aren't talked about as much like mm-hmm. Latino Americans or just Latinos in media. And yeah. so to see this year already four, when if you look back in like 2017, there might have been one background character. A sprinkle. Yeah. Um, it's insane. It's amazing. Um, I mean, just on that, I was going to say, um, kind of got cut off a little bit. Um, for the Namor, it makes sense how they did it, I think, here with the whole, like, he's supposed to be, like, their serpent god mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it's like, I mean, they, like, deities typically are depicted as having quirky little, like, oh, you have wings <laughs> on your feet. That, yeah. It's like, like uh, I think that helps with making it seem a little bit less ridiculous as well. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't want to offend anyone, but that, that just it makes me think that he's, like, the Hermes of yeah. Latino culture. <laughs> with the wings um but that will wrap it up for this segment next up we're going to be talking about black panther wakanda forever's impact on the mcu where do you guys seeing i know personally it didn't connect as much but i thought it was okay i thought it was fine that it didn't connect as much i actually thought it connected a lot for me wow and i have um i'm not gonna say that i know how it is going to affect the mcu (laughs) going forward But I know how I hope it will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's going to be, I'm going to use that word again, human. Yeah. Telling more human stories. I'm not saying to get rid of the superhero stuff, but to make it the vessel from which the more impactful stories are told. Show us a character grieving and know when it's time to make a joke and when it's not. Mm -hmm. This movie did not need to make jokes all the way through. And it knew when to have a more serious moment. Mm -hmm. And that is important. Know when you need a flashy action sequence and when you don't. Um, try to Don't try to avoid telling a story in a certain way because it's not as fun or you think that it's not going to be okay for children because you will actually probably be surprised as long as you, you know, do it in a respectful, reasonable way. I think children can actually handle a lot. Absolutely. Um, and I connected, I connected with this a lot. I didn't cry, but I feel like... I could have Mm -hmm. Um, because this actually um, without getting too far into it, but Shuri's arc Mm. is definitely something um, struggling to move on from grief. I think that is very human. That is very valid. And part of also why I think that, you know, it meant so much to the actors um, in the cast that they Mm -hmm. didn't recast Chadwick because Mm. he was, I I don't want to speak for them, but I think he was their Black Panther. Like yeah. there was no replacing him. That it was him. Uh-huh. And to have them um, proceed with somebody else, I think that would have been hard for them. Not saying that they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. They're all pretty good actors, so they probably could have pulled it off to some extent. But I've had an experience in my life. I don't want to make it too much about me, mm-hmm. but um, where I had used to play this card game with my grandfather before he died. We would do it as a family. Mm -hmm. And he was always my partner whenever we'd play. And after he died, I didn't really want to play anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just not because I thought it would be a betrayal to have a different (laughs) partner. I think I was more rational than that. But just because it would solidify it more that he couldn't be my partner, Mm -hmm. that I'd have to play with somebody else. And it would be doing the same thing that I did with him with somebody else. And I think that that, I just wasn't ready to do that for a long time. Mm-hmm. And eventually I, I, I am playing it now. My grandmother actually was like, hey, let's play cards, let's play cards. And you, you don't say no to 
grandma when no. she looks like that. No, no you're not. No. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, sure. And, you know, it, but it takes time, I think. And you have to know um, when to move on. And that's a very healthy message. That's a very important message to have your heroes out there learning how to move on mm-hmm. and not erasing what came before, um, but respecting it, acknowledging it, just living in it, and then finding a way forward into the future. I think that is really important, and I would like to see the MCU have more stories like that, portray Mm -hmm. them in more serious ways. Don't lose the comedy, Mm -hmm. but know when to use it, know when not to. And again, don't lose the superhero aspect either, but root that aspect in these more human stories that literally everyone can relate to. I mean, we're talking about representation. This transcends race. Mm -hmm. This transcends gender, sexual identity. This transcends everything, in my opinion. I think everybody on this planet can relate to Mm -hmm. this. This Death is a universal experience. You're not going to get more relatable than that. And it's back to that same word, human. It is so human. And one of my favorite, this is still in phase four, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. Bucky's scene with Ao when they're sitting at the fire and he's finally break broken that mental lock to the Winter Soldier. Yep. And he's just sitting there bawling his eyes out. Mm-hmm. I think Phase 4, this movie especially, has been about moving on. We saw it in No Way Home with Peter. We saw it with um, Loki after getting cutting ties from everyone. Yep. And we saw it with Bucky and, of course, with Shuri. And it's such a powerful message to be giving to young children young children watching these movies seeing that it's okay to grieve in your own way because in this movie we saw multiple different people grieving differently Mm -hmm. and it's so human it's so human zion what was your connection to the rest of the mcu to be completely honest you guys hit it right on the spot (laughs) but it's just with all these movies and shows that have been coming out I have seen so many posts on Twitter, Instagram, stating specifically, phase four is the trauma phase. Mm. But I can highly see that and agree with it, but every single, like every person like that's going through it, they find a way out of it. Mm-hmm. They find some type of light that keeps them going and going. Of course, we do get some that result in different pathways that might lead them down to becoming a villain key term Wanda Maxwell but (laughs) we still see her grieving in her own way of losing her children and then also with Peter losing his own aunt who was his only family but then also losing his friends that Mm, were everyone everyone literally everyone (laughs) and then it's just like we see it with Thor how he lost I didn't even mention Thor yeah he lost Jane and it's just all these things that the MCU are doing right now they're doing perfect and wonderfully Mm -hmm. I will say it is a lot of trauma and a lot of grief, but they're not stuck there. They're doing better for the next person or the next heir that they're going to be doing. Absolutely. You couldn't have said it better. And I'm so glad we're doing this because in the past, it seems like something bad would happen. Oh, no. And then five minutes later, oh, it's okay. We're fine. Move on. That happened yesterday. No worries. But in Black Panther, there's like a year time jump. Mm-hmm. And they're still grieving. Yep. And so it, it solidifies the fact that it's okay. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to grieve in your own way. 
but there is m- more after grief. Mm-hmm. There's, I think... That there's it, light on the other side. Yes, and I think it was her mother that said they're not gone. They may have passed, but they're never gone. Yeah, they're still there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's just such a powerful message, like I said, to give to young children. Because I know personally growing up, being exposed to, it's going to sound so weird, but something like the Kung Fu Panda trilogy taught me something like those powerful messages. Because Poe was onto something through all those <laughs> movies, every single one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't, going back to the MCU connection though, this movie seems like, I don't want to call it an outlier, mm-hmm. but it's so different Very than different. what we've seen Most in the past. Most definitely. I mean, we've, we've brought it up. It's less action-packed. The action scenes still hit, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah, the action scenes still hit. Still like, hit. The cinematography. I loved when they would slow-mo it, and then, oh, I loved it. Loved it. But it's so much more character-based. Yeah, and almost w- definitely. And when it's character-based, we connect with it more. Mm-hmm. I just... I don't think I've connected with as much of a cast as I have this movie. Mm-hmm. Usually I only pick out one or two characters. This one I was connecting with Shuri. I was connecting with Riri. I was connect I was connecting with Okoye. Like not Okoye. <laughs> the bald-headed demon the herself. The bald-headed demon herself. And it's so I don't want to call it weird, but it is weird, you know, cuz it's such a step in the right direction of an MCU movie. Yep. Um, because you find normally in I will say because even with the previous MCU movies I've only been able to connect with like that one person Mm -hmm. and that one person is always one I go to but with this movie I feel like I made connections with every single one of them Mm -hmm. and I've also felt some type of emotion towards all of them yeah I will say without any spoilers nay more I understand yeah I completely understand Mm -hmm. I completely understand on Shuri's side too and it's just I will understand both characters from both point of views. And that makes it more compelling, too, Absolutely. rather than just have, like, a, oh, this is a bad guy, and they want to destroy things. Exactly. And this is the good guy, and they want to save all the people. The, mm-hmm. the stereotypical Yay. giant beam in the sky. Yeah. yeah. Mustache-twirling like, villain. Not that I don't – or that I can't enjoy those stories, but I do think it is more impactful when you have that argument where you have two sides – and you can understand them both. I think that was a good thing that was about Civil War. It's yes. like you had Team Cap and you had Team Tony because it was – they were just different viewpoints. And none of them were necessarily bad. None mm-hmm. of them were necessarily wrong. But they just disagreed. Mm-hmm. And that caused the fracture. And then, I mean, I have – it's like I was Team Cap. My dad was Team Tony. My brother was Team Tony. And I don't know what my mom was. She never told me. <laughs> but, like – it was literally like a civil war and yeah. it was something cuz like you could have different opinions and you could just easily see yourself on either side of the argument Most and that again makes it more human too yeah yes bringing up civil war i actually i connected this i don't know if you guys did but shuri's arc in this movie is very reminiscent of t'challa's arc in civil war yep, yep. it was um what did he say he said vengeance has consumed them and i will no longer let it consume mm-hmm. me correct oh it was beautiful storytelling because Shuri needed that. Oh, mm-hmm. she most definitely did. Absolutely. That. And I I didn't think it was copying. Like, I feel like some people would look at that and be like, oh, they're copying the story they already told. Of course they would. I can see that to some extent, but I also like, I like when they are that 
I don't know what the word is, when they are that into it where they can pull these little, I don't want to call them Easter eggs because I think it's more thematically important than Mm -hmm. an Easter egg, but it's like they can make these connections, they can make these ties to other Mm -hmm. things, and I think that that actually can add meaning. So sure, sometimes when they do it, it's like, oh, you're just doing this for nostalgia, you're just like... (laughs) Or like, oh, uh, Force Awakens was literally just a new hope yeah. copied and pasted because you didn't want to come up with anything else. But in this, they're just like, no, this is very relevant. I can definitely see Shuri doing this. I can, it's like, this makes sense for her. And coming to this same place that T'Challa did is almost kind of poetic. Mm-hmm. And it helps to heal, too. 100%. 100%. Uh, we're going to step more broad now the black panther for the first black panther movie huge box office success obviously but huge cultural success when yes. it comes to hollywood and media in general when representing not only the african immunity african american community but also just underrepresented groups mm-hmm. and this movie i feel is already showing to be that same impact. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure there was only two white characters in the entire movie. It, yeah. Yeah. I'm just now thinking about and it. And that's, yeah. that's insane. Like, could you have thought of that five years ago? Well, I guess five years ago was Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, I was like, we'll I go, mean, like, we'll go ten years ago. Like, I haven't seen the first one for a while, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that Martin Freeman and uh, Andy Serkis were, mm-hmm. like, the only two white guys I remember from but, that one. But yeah. say ten years ago, that's unheard of. And then especially having a female-led, mainly African-American cast, mm-hmm. that's absolutely unheard of. I wanted to hear your guys' opinions on how we're improving as an industry when it comes to movie, television, media in general? I just think that as we keep growing and keep learning more and more about others, about their identities, sexual identities, their mm. culture, MCU is always going to want to keep growing and getting better with it because they don't want to leave any, anybody out. They want to make everyone feel included. It's a family. Yes. The MCU is a big, happy family. And I can full-heartedly agree with that, seeing as even with most of the cast and stuff, it's very diverse with it Mm -hmm. and i'm glad that they are now including so many characters from different backgrounds because it just shows representation now Mm -hmm. and we need that nowadays yeah and i will i thank the mcu for it not every superhero is a white guy exactly (laughs) is and it doesn't have to be a white guy to be a superhero it can be anybody no and there was a little moment that i'm waiting for twitter to blow up about where uh there was a i believe a lesbian couple uh, at like towards the end, there was like a little house. It was like a five second, but it was like the five second clip from Buzz Lightyear that everyone got a fuss over. There was a little moment like that in uh, Wakanda Forever that just shows how we've grown. Yeah, but say because it was Aneka and Ayo. That was I couldn't think of their names. Yep, it was that couple, and they like they are a beautiful couple in the comics, and I love them. And I was waiting for them to introduce it in this. Mm-hmm. I was figuring out how they were going to introduce it. They kind of did a little bit at the beginning, and they did a little bit more in the middle and at the end. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm glad for that. It was cute. And I enjoyed it. And it's just they're not most movies right now are like, look, we have representation. Look. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're two girls, and, and they like each other. It's like, no. They're, they're two people, exactly. and they like each other. Like, I need 
give me some sprinkle of some good representation. Give me a sprinkle of, I can't think of the word, but it's <laughs> um, not communication, but uh, I really cannot think of the word. Some character development, like give me some craziness with it. We got that most definitely. Mm. And give me some love. Mm. That's all I need. And Absolutely. I loved how they represented them. Mm-hmm. There, 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 you got it. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah the right <laughs> word. Yeah, okay, there we go. Natalie, what was your uh, what you what are your thoughts on how we've grown as an industry? I mean, I would say that obviously representation is a good thing. Obviously, diversity is a good thing. So please don't think that I'm trying not to say that. But I think the important stuff, the important representation that isn't what you're talking about about like hey look mm-hmm. um we're just going to have this like look there's our black character oh there's yep. our latino character oh there's our gay ca- character aren't we doing great guys yes yes look at our awesome. pr team yeah yes. we're doing great yes, good job great. team <laughs> it's a great movie i mean the movie's absolutely atrocious but, but. look give us the Oscars yeah, right now it's got literally. and if you criticize it then you're a horrible person absolutely for any reason even mm-hmm. if it's not because of the diversity if it's just because oh i don't know maybe your script is bad mm. could be an issue as well but you know no it we're, our movie was fine <laughs> so that is not the right way to do it um i think that the good the best thing that i'm hoping to see for the industry as a whole is kind of like what we were talking about earlier, telling more human stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and also doing the the new original characters, the new traditions. I enjoyed seeing the Wakanda funeral traditions, all that mm-hmm. different like mm-hmm. cultural aspects. Um, it was not like nothing I've ever seen before. And I think that having these different things, I enjoyed seeing Talokan as well. And I don't remember who said this, but... Um, I heard somewhere that we need a Coco for every culture. Mm. So I don't know if you remember or if you guys have seen the animated Disney Coco, but I cried. <laughs> it was gorgeous. And Kanto, I cried. It was gorgeous. And it's like, I think we need more of those, not necessarily animated, not necessarily Disney, but just stories from different cultures with their legends, their beliefs, their mm. traditions, their cultures. And human stories being told through that lens. That is where I think the improvement is. I'm not saying that we don't, you know, continue to have, you know, the straight white guys. But just have it for everybody. Just have these characters over here. Have these characters over here. And stop necessarily seeing them as our characters versus your characters. They're characters. And I think everyone can relate to it. Um, Like I said, I am not... African-American, I'm not Latino, um, but I related to this movie. Mm -hmm. So I think that is the, again, not saying that diversity isn't important. It absolutely is. But I think this is the crux of what needs to happen. Mm. We, yes, having different um, people, different ethnicities on the screen is amazing. But we need to have that also be meaningful. We have to tell meaningful stories with them otherwise the stories are just going to get roasted online and people are going to be called bad names for not liking the movie Mm -hmm. Um, maybe it is because of the diversity but maybe it's also because the movie's bad Mm -hmm. so please just make good movies don't focus just on the representation focus on doing it well yeah and i think ryan coogler the director of black panther wakanda forever did so much research. I mean, I watched the behind the scenes for the first Black Panther movie and the the sounds in the soundtrack, 
the garb that people were wearing, everything was accurate to the nation they were trying to emulate, represent, that sorts. And I'm pretty sure I haven't seen any behind the scenes stuff, but it's got to be the same oh, with definitely. this one, with the um, when they went to South America. All the representation was so well researched that it's not stereotypical. It's real. It's mm-hmm. human. Why can't we just have human stories? Yes. And Please. <laughs> it's not that much to ask, guys. I mean, I'm pretty sure the people that are writing this are human. <laughs> pretty sure. I mean, sure. I she, Hulk, so. <laughs> she Hulk did show that Kevin was a, uh, was a robot. Was a robot yep. So. <laughs> Artificial intelligence robot. Can't be too sure. AI generated scripts. Can't be too sure. Uh, But to finish us off, I got to ask, where do we see the MCU and the media industry as a whole in the next five, ten years because of this movie? I think we're going to grow from it most definitely. As we could kind of see with the lineup that is already coming up for the next couple, for the next two, three-ish years, and only two movies so far in the next four or five they're most definitely going to add more shows and more movies that are going to be coming in with it. But I think it's just going to grow more and more. I mean, seeing as we just had Miss Marvel was mm. a hit for everybody. Loved it. It showed more of like the teenage side of things, but then also the more religion part of mm. it too, which I loved how they most definitely did Kamala Khan with it. It was amazing. But then also too, we're getting a second season of that. Mm. And I'm excited for that. We're getting... Captain Mar- well, the Marvels in between her season, but don't talk about that. But I'm excited <laughs> for it, and it, I just hope that it keeps growing with diversity from like multiple characters and multiple viewpoints. Mm-hmm. I mean, next I can't remember how many years it is. I think it's two years. We're getting Blade. I'm so mm. excited for that, and mm. it's just it's going to pinpoint on so many o- other different like topics and other religions and how people feel, and I'm just excited for them to bring it to the big screen. Mm-hmm. Natalie, what are your what are your thoughts on where we could be in the next five, ten years? I mean, I don't really know. I'm not I'm no like analysis <laughs> analyst. I what I don't know what the word for that is. I'm, analyst? I'm, analyst. There it is. Yeah, there, go. there we go. <laughs> okay, we're just gonna pretend that I said analyst the whole yeah, time. Yeah, right, right, right. First try. Yes. First <laughs> try. Awesome. Um I I think though that as long as the MCU and basically the entire industry um, focuses on what we've talked about today. They focus Mm -hmm. on having these human stories. They do diversity well. They don't just, you know, pretend to do diversity to get themselves some couple PR points and then expect it to carry a crappy movie. Mm -hmm. But um, I think if they do that, then we are going to see growth. I think we are going to see positive growth. And I don't think we'll see as much criticism, not saying that we won't see any, because it's art. Art Mm -hmm. is going to be criticized. Mm -hmm. Um, But because I really, I don't think that all of the backlash is anti-diversity, anti-progressivism or anything like that. I think a lot of the backlash is just tell good stories. Mm -hmm. So, and it gets lumped in with the criticism that is more, negative like that and Mm -hmm. it all gets lumped together and as long as that happens i don't want to say that i'm expecting these corporations to learn from it (laughs) because it will always be easier to just 
write a you know mediocre scripts and be like okay we'll we'll add some diversity that'll that'll make them happy mm-hmm. and get us some allies on twitter that'll get the young kids <laughs> tweeting bro that'll get them tweeting <laughs> yeah uh and then they will they will defend and sell our movie for us no how about you just make a good movie mm-hmm. i'm not saying don't add the diversity i'm saying add the diversity and make a good movie that is what people want i don't think i think if you do that you are not going to have as many blow-ups yeah. as we are currently having. So as long as people, the corporations are learning from this and trying to legitimately do the research, do all the work, make these good products that are accurate, that are heartfelt, that you know people can connect to, that are human, make those kind of products, I think we're going to grow. If you continue to make these shallow products and expect everybody to just lap them up, then no, I don't think we're going to be growing much mm-hmm. from that. So I'm hoping yeah. it's the first one. Hoping, I agree. I agree with both of you. And Zion, you actually brought up a point that I didn't even think about. Um, that this phase has done a good job about is representation of religion. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Kamala Khan with the Islamic faith, but uh, also Moon Knight, who is Jewish. Yeah, and they didn't make it his whole character no they did not he was just a jewish man imagine what happens when you have compelling characters that (laughs) are multifaceted and (laughs) multi-dimensional and not just a checklist yeah there's the there's the jewish people like them we have the islamic girl all right we're good (laughs) no it's there's kamala khan oh she's also islamic there's uh steven or Mark. Mark or <laughs> and that's how I feel about female characters too. Like, I'm I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. I like seeing some female characters. I like to see some awesome female characters. But give me good ones. Mm-hmm. Don't give me you know mean, nasty women who think that they're better than everybody. Well, that's give how me... that's how they're strong. That's the only way. Yeah, you can that's make a the woman only strong. way you can make a woman strong. For real. <laughs> I mean, so like, I'm sorry, ladies, but if you do not fit that mold, no, you're not then strong. You are so anti-feminism. Yep. There's no hope for you. <laughs> Hashtag sarcasm. So, <laughs> yeah, please do not take that seriously. I was not being serious. But that's essentially what I'm talking about. Have different people. Have them be people. And you can have some women who are more confident than others. You can have some women who are strong in different ways. There mm-hmm. are multiple ways to have a strong female character. And I just want them to be good. Make them compelling. I love Shuri. Make them like Shuri. <laughs> Make them like a Koye. Make them like a Koye. Make yes. them Riri. Come on. Make now. them Riri. Yeah. All the good ones. How about this? Find a character that people like. Because mm-hmm. there are female characters, believe it or not, that people like. There are black <laughs> no characters, way. believe no it or way. not, that people like. Emulate them. Mm-hmm. Don't copy them, but see why people like them. I mm-hmm. guarantee it'll be because they are human, they are multifaceted, and they are people that people can relate to. Yes. Absolutely. I think that wraps it up for us today, guys. Any last-minute thoughts? I will say that when Riri did, uh, like, and this is not really a spoiler, but just a line that Riri did say, to be young, gifted, and black, that was an amazing, like, connection from Chadwick's um, speech. I cannot remember when. I think it was the Oscar speech. Yes, it was the Oscars. That was a beautiful... That was yep. so beautiful. I didn't, I'm glad I didn't put that in there. Guys. I didn't connect it at first, but I did see about it later. And I didn't it just, watch the Oscars, guys. It just kind of kind of got kind of little wet eyes right now thinking about them. <laughs> but 
That'll, Wakanda forever. Yes, absolutely. And of course, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Of this course. episode and the movie has been dedicated to you. But we are out of time. We're going to finish up here. I have been joined by the two lovely people, Mr. Zion and Thank you. Miss Natalie Savage. Of course, I was your host, Logan Buchanan. Check us out every Sunday at 1 if you want the radio version or wherever podcasts are found. Correct.